1: Phil Potts.
2: And my name is Verity Simmons. And this is Three in a Bar.
1: Hey, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, this is the podcast where every week we chat to a different musical guest. Yes, we um, do. And uh, this week is uh, is a slightly different one, yeah. I guess, because he's not strictly a musician by trade, but he works in the music industry and a very important role that we all need from time to time. Verity, please introduce our guest.
2: I will indeed. We've gone back across the Atlantic and we have got tour manager extraordinaire and actually I must say production manager too, Tom yep. Carlson. Yeah,
1: that's right. Now, Tom Carlson has been the tour manager for Father John Misty for how many years?
2: Uh, I think he said Four? five years. Five
1: years? Yeah. He's also tour managed FKA Twigs, Beach mm-hmm. House, David Byrne, St Vincent, Animal Collective. We've heard from, from various people that he is the guy. Yeah.
2: We actually uh, chatted to a friend of the pod, Kelly Pratt, before asking Tom, hoping that he would want to come and chat to us. And Kelly said he is the best around. He highly rates him, that he's a fantastic tour manager, and yeah. a thoroughly good guy, isn't he?
1: Yeah. Well, you've had experience work being um, working with him, haven't yeah.
2: you? Yeah. So, on a, when he was over here with the Father John Misty tour at the Green Man Festival and the End of the Road Festival, um, I was working with him, and he just makes the whole thing such a pleasure. He's such a, a nice, positive person, and everything runs so smoothly. Well, that's what it seems like, anyway. so he's clearly doing a good job yeah
1: and well and just for chatting to him for an hour or so I completely understand why you'd want that guy working for you as your tour manager I imagine he creates a brilliant atmosphere on a tour very tricky thing you know running a tour doing the, you've got to do the budget you've got to uh, book all the people you've got to liaise with locals
2: exactly all kinds
1: of stuff And, and all the paperwork you've got to do crossing uh, boundaries of countries and yeah. all that and to do that with such a um calm and approachable and lovely manner oh, is, uh,
2: exactly exactly right but he also before we before we cut to tom we must talk yeah. about his other the other thing we wanted to chat to him about which is this amazing project that he's been doing during lockdown and it was for an event called music runs um which is yes. it's podcast um, podcast that's what we do sorry playlists. yeah, yeah that,
1: that's this
2: <laughs> Oh yeah, that's this.
1: (laughs) That's this one.
2: Okay, I'm back with it. (laughs) Um he's got a Yes, that's right. So Music Runs. Uh it's raising money for small venues and promoters in America, um, which are obviously suffering at the moment. Uh and they raised a shed load, but he talks a lot about that.
1: There'll be a link in the description to go to the website and also to go to either Spotify or Apple Music to check out the playlist. There are so many and there are brilliant, um, so many brilliant bands and record labels have done them. Yeah. And if you're going out for a run today, maybe, or you could think, oh, what should I listen to on my run? Well, try <laughs> this out. Listen yes. to some of these great, um, great playlists.
2: Which one would you go for, Seb?
1: Well, I've listened to two.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> um, I listened to Kelly Pratt's one.
2: Oh, yeah. The,
1: the Fruit Bats one. Yeah. And they were good. I want to check out the Father John Misty one
2: yeah absolutely. It's got a bit of Charlie in the chocolate factory in there. I like that.: Oh, that's yeah, I've heard about
1: it yeah, yeah. so yeah. Uh, should we get into the conversation oh, and then yes. we can we can waffle on afterwards? Okay. okay, well, this is the conversation we had with Tom Carlson, and we begin by talking about what was due to happen the very next day, the inauguration of president number 46, Joe Biden.. <laughs>
2: for tomorrow
0: oh man i mean i'm just excited for it to be over and hopefully you know violence free uh, i mean oh god
2: yes have just, you got plans
0: no i mean just Look for some violence yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm making a couple molotov cocktails here in the kitchen um no i mean other than you know shuffling uh one child to school and back that's, that's about it <laughs> so, oh, yeah Yeah. yeah. Uh, no no i mean hide out uh, yeah yeah
2: yeah totally oh so that's good they're in school though you've got that bone like we are homeschooltastic over in the well, UK. well I, I mean so. in
0: school as of six hours ago today was his oh. first day back in school since march 17th no oh way my
2: god yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I won't feel sorry for myself. Oh, no, no, That's I mean, it's, it's, it's
0: been it's been impossible for everybody. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah. how how has anybody done anything?
1: No. <laughs> I don't That's know. incredible. So you've been basically homeschooling since then?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm and uh, mine are two and five, Seb. So, I mean, oh, home, okay. homeschool just means, like, dad takes the kids to the beach when it's warm. Oh, <laughs> lovely. That sounds nice. <laughs> His school, we had, like, Zoom classes in the spring, but at, at five, like, you know, he looks at the screen for, like, two or three minutes yeah i can't remember how old yours are verity but um
2: they are they're 10 and eight i just oh, have to okay, thing right. then yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: no no i know i know the yeah. feeling uh, who are they
2: Hard um, <laughs> questions yeah.
0: um but I, yeah so maybe they pay a little bit better attention but i just with the five-year-old i mean you can't
2: expect no. anything yeah so no, it, no, it's we just it's kind of gave up. Mixed levels, you know. yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, and, and Seb, you just have a new one, just one. I do, one? yeah. Oh, well, she's, she's
1: almost six months old, actually. It's, oh, all right, uh, very fast. Solid fast. food time
0: is is well, yeah, pioneer, We're getting right?
1: to that point. It's weird because we, we we're living in my wife's uh, parents' house at the moment, and we haven't, but we've just bought a house, but we're doing it up so we're not quite settled anywhere to like start to feel like you want to be settled into a good
0: of course thing. so we haven't
1: started that it's getting to the point where we kind of have to she's gonna you know six months she can sort of sit up now pretty much on <laughs> her own so i need to just get one of those special spoons and some baby rice and just give yeah. it a go i think it's really
2: exciting yeah i loved yeah. all that the ellis yeah, yeah, kitchen base, yeah. amazing i mean obviously i made loads myself <laughs>
0: I, I, no i mean my wife did a ton of like you know like mango and pineapple puree yeah. and then frozen and all this and i was like
2: god that's just, good like i did
0: i did uh like rice rice meal or like rice there's like yeah. rice yogurt or something yeah. i don't know yeah yeah i yeah, didn't yeah. try any of the crazy like homemade you know no. food process <laughs> <That's not stuff.
1: laughs> did you do that baby uh lead weaning where they can just pick up whatever they want
0: i mean kind of them. yeah I, I, yes and then i'd get annoyed about how much mess was made and then I'd just be like just uh, just yeah. eat you know or like <laughs> i find with all of these steps of development it's kind of about whatever time you have available for it so
2: yeah depending on yeah, the day yeah. like i
0: don't have time to like watch them fool around with the food for 45 minutes
2: you know oh my god <laughs> exactly and that
0: applies to them you know today as well you know at two and five so depends <laughs> Yeah, exactly
2: yeah, but, Well, talk about not having time on your hands because you're, I mean, just going through what it takes to be a tour manager. (laughs) Can you just give us like a brief rundown of what, what it entails when you're out on tour with a, with a band or with an artist, what does a day in your life look like?
0: I mean, it can look like so many different things, Uh, you know, um, I, it's funny, I, I people ask me this a lot, and I have like you know, I have like little templates and stuff I send around for like, here's what a day of a tour manager looks like, but it it just depends on who you're working for. but i I mean, it's yeah, I mean, it's you know eighteen hour days often or you know twelve to eighteen. It's funny, I did a couple uh, I worked with a couple of comedians right before the lockdown, and everybody, all my other tour manager friends were like, oh, it's got to be awesome. It's so easy. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, it's still a lot of work. There's a lot to do even if it's just one guy, there's still like lunch and then there's dinner and then there's the tickets and the after show meet and greet and the security meeting and then chasing people around and telling them not to take pictures or record the show and, you
2: know. Oh, God, yeah. Talking to the sound yeah.
0: guys and the lighting guys and running around, yeah. Uh,
2: was that a U.S. tour? or uh, These, these were US, show,
0: U.S. and Canada, yeah.
1: Who are you touring with?
0: Uh, I did uh, a few different dates for uh, Jim Gaffigan, comedian. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my friend works with him full time. And so I, I filled in some shows and then uh, another comedian, a guy from Nashville named Nate Bargatze. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. He has a Netflix special, which is probably available uh. on UK Netflix, too, I, I would think. Yeah. But yeah. Funny guy. Yeah.
1: I guess that's a very different thing. Are you just sort of the two of you touring around in a car or do you have a bit more of a?
0: Well, it, it depends. Yeah. I mean, so it with comedians, again, because the overhead's a little lower, um, you know, they can kind of do a little more dartboard-esque routing. So we did some private flights to kind of make it between like Hamilton, Ontario and, you know, Montreal in time to do two shows and stuff like that. Um, Yeah. And then, uh, but normally with the bus, I mean, I think at at the level we were at, it was already kind of bus and flights and private flights. But I think those guys start, I mean, like I'm sure Jim and Nate both started like... (laughs) in the sedan driving from city to city <laughs> by themselves you know yeah
2: yeah, yeah. i mean i think exactly. it's a really
0: hard gig until you kind of break through into the more mainstream end of it you know yeah especially since you're alone all the time you know
1: yeah i think from what i've what i kind of gather from following the the sort of uk comedy scene there's a lot of sharing lifts and like because you know people haven't got any money you're probably going all the way up to like stoke or something uh which is i don't know you would probably know where stoke is it's not a very nice place
0: yeah yeah <laughs> apologies to stoke
1: uh, people but um you know you're probably going up for like 20 quid or something so you share lists and, and actually you kind of have to just embrace that lifestyle and you really get to know everyone and then you you sort of your name gets about because you're a nice person you're, you're funny to share a journey with and- that's
2: even quite big are like that as well aren't they i think, I think they, so I've yeah i've heard lots of them talking about it oh, that's cr- i mean it must be podcasts. good for the
0: material too you know yeah. like jumping yeah. in keeps cars real, with red <laughs> yeah. yeah. for a long time cool. yeah. wow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so touring with with musicians though a sort of typical day for a average band that you you work for but what would it entail
0: the average man that i'm touring with these days you know is again on a tour bus most commonly um so we'd start the morning by pulling in at some ungodly hour of the morning and i would oftentimes help park the bus if the driver doesn't know exactly where to go or if you didn't if i didn't give him the proper set of instructions as to where he's supposed to go <laughs> then i get woken up at 5 in the morning like where am i supposed <laughs> to put this giant thing or there's <laughs> multiple giant things to park so yeah. Then the day starts with the inevitable, like, you know, a bunch of people on a bus wanting to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. you better be prepared for that question too. You know, figure out which door you go in, who you have to call to get those doors unlocked before the first person is like losing their mind to use the facilities. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, uh, so uh, uh, typical production, you know, would start at 10 in the morning or something when we start in with all the gear, the audio, and the lighting and the video and stuff. Um, something like that and then figure out if we have like a catered lunch or if we're ordering some awesome Indian takeout Mm -hmm. or something that's nearby uh and then sound checks and security meeting to tell all the folks how to keep us safe Uh, open doors and put some music on and do a show and then figure out dinner somewhere in there figure out yeah food after the show before the show ends so there's hot, greasy pizza somewhere when the band comes off stage. (laughs) That sounds good, yeah. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, kind of wrangle all the guests and get them where they need to be and get people to hotels if we're staying the night or get the bus drivers ready for everybody to hop on and move on to the next place.
2: Do you still have a love of traveling after all this time? Because you've done some epic tours, like that last Father John Misty tour. Was that somewhere near like four years? I don't know why I've plucked that number out of the sky. Well,
0: we did a lot of touring kind of over two, two and a half albums in four years. And I've I've been with him for five years, I guess, total. So, but last year was pretty quiet. So uh, a lot there, a lot with other artists, but um, I do miss, I mean, certainly I I think, especially uh, as, as it, the year kind of turned here these last couple of weeks I've really been longing for like a like a Paris brasserie, you know just like sitting oh, yeah. out on the corner oh, so
2: with like a yeah. glass of
0: you know mediocre French wine and just some fleets i don't I mean it just sounds so good you know yeah um i do I do oh, certainly too. miss that element, yeah for sure.
2: And when you get to the end of something, like one of uh, maybe where you know you're coming back at the end of one of these really long tours, are you looking forward to finishing the tour? Are you or are you still really in love with that element of traveling all over the place?
0: The traveling element, I I rarely get bummed about. I mean, and you know, obviously, right. you guys have done a ton of stuff. You know, those like terrible travel days where <laughs> you have to wake up at. Three thirty in the morning in Porto to make the connecting set of flights to get to. I mean, I think the last time I saw you, Verity, was to get to Greenman. Like quite How actually, we yes. flew from Porto with a bunch of gear, and then had to connect, get to. We landed in uh, at Heathrow, but then had to take buses all the way across over into Wales to get to Greenman. So, I mean, those <laughs> those days are terrible. Like you never want to do those. But otherwise, I mean, no, I mean, I always want to go to Japan. When yeah. I have the chance to go to Japan, right? I mean, why? Yeah, okay,
2: absolutely. <laughs> You're in extremely good spirits a Green Man, considering all that then. That was very good. That was a good effort all round. Oh,
0: man. Yeah, we, we made it. That's that's for sure. Yeah. Right.
2: My right. children still really remember that. They had such an amazing time because that was so kind. It was oh, lovely awesome. that you let them come and, uh, well, and you I- know, enjoy. The joys of backstage, so much appreciated. Oh, no, no,
0: no. <laughs> I'm glad to have them. I don't think I got the chance to meet them, or if I did, it was just kind of like a quick hello. Yeah, well,
2: got, I've got a... Very sweet picture where they're with you, looking adoringly at you. Oh it's boy, funny. great. Okay, so oh. I don't
0: even remember that. Okay. Oh,
2: don't worry, it's fine. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Sorry. I won't tell them. I won't tell them that.
0: That's about they how much their sleep I had. To had. You. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: totally. <exactly.
0: laughs> oh, that's so funny. Well, I mean, that is about the best of the festivals, though. If You know, so, so, oh, it's such such nice, a good family vibe, and to have a nice backstage area. Like that. it's a, uh, it's a wonderful place. I really, really like it. Yeah, We
2: were actually going to ask you about festivals in general, because, uh, you know, as a punter, great, lovely place to be really exciting, really fun. But as a tour manager, are they like a total nightmare? The,
0: the worst. I mean, <laughs> by and large, I would say festivals are horrible and the people on, yeah, our side, the, the, the working side of the equation, it's, pretty not ideal for anybody like, you know, as a musician, like you don't want to be sitting out in a field with your expensive instruments and then hop on stage with no preparation and start playing. I mean, ideally we'd be in a beautiful theater, like the Elbphilharmonie, which I brutalized in the pronunciation in, uh, in (laughs) Hamburg, but somewhere like that, like some beautiful concert hall, you know, and we'd have all day to get ready to go. But, um, no, I mean, there's exceptions to the rule. So like green man is wonderful. End of the road is another one that is just a delight every time yeah but like I don't want to go to Bestival again sorry sorry (laughs) sorry don't don't quote me on that I mean maybe I do it's just like it was just like tough days
2: yeah I was gonna say what (laughs) is the thing
0: that makes Bestival really (laughs) stick in your mind that one that one remember I remember specifically just because the catering was like the worst (laughs) thing I could possibly have imagined looking at to eat that day I was just like why wow and it's not like you have other options, really. Like you can, you know, wade out into the crowds and try to find some food, but it's it's not so easy most of the time. So that's not fair to Bestival. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, an easier target would be like, you know, like Glastonbury is the worst, which I know everybody loves, and it's the best. <laughs> but Controversial. I, I know uh, Coachella though too. I will. Say, I mean, like both of those, like,
2: uh uh-uh.
0: uh And I think a lot seriously. of people would agree with me. You know,
2: just kind of too big. Yeah, I was going to say, is it because of the number of acts all trying to get in, all trying to rehearse, no space? Is yeah. that the deal? Or? Yeah,
0: you're just crawling each all over each other trying to get something done and trying to get in and out. Both are really remote, too, which is so complicated if you have, like, one person wants to bring their girlfriend in their car and then everybody else has to ride on the buses and then someone's flying in, you know, from landing at Gatwick. Great! <laughs> like, how are they going to get there? <laughs> So uh, I mean, it's just yeah, it's just just a drag. And then I think both of those festivals also, you know, carry such a reputation that you know they're so venerated, and uh, you know, yeah, yeah. There's some beautiful music to be heard at both of them for sure.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so, like, for people that haven't stood uh, backstage at, at a festival to kind of um, to kind of give, give a picture of it, you've often got there was a lot of frantic people walking around getting a bit annoyed but everything's kind of on on risers on wheels aren't they so it's all uh, a lot of it like like the drum kit and everything so it, it in theory it all just gets wheeled on uh, and it, stuff gets wheeled off other stuff gets wheeled on but i guess it's not always as as simple as that
0: yeah i mean i you know uh, i an ideal festival scenario is that like while it looks like it all gets kind of like rolled on to stage but right before the band starts playing and then they go you know, ideally, like we've already done that once early in the morning and then brought it all out and checked it and then took it away and hit it. And so then it's just kind of like, here we are again. Um, but obviously, you know, there's just logistics that get in the way. I mean, I think the last time we did Glastonbury with father, John Misty, uh, you know, DJ shadow played before us and they had some technical problems. They finished like 25 minutes late which cuts then you know kind of scoots everybody back and then i think yeah. phoenix played after us and they had a, a big floor that caught on fire when they were rolling it <laughs> on state or to, trying to set it up <laughs> or plug it in
1: yeah
0: and so that caused a delay for them too you know it's just sure. think, things go wrong and then like then what do you do you know then you really need to be a pro and you know mm-hmm. just kind of persevere yeah <laughs>
1: But for a <laughs> festival set, unless you're maybe the headliner, you wouldn't get any sort of sound check. It'd be like a line check just before. Would that be, would that be correct?
0: It depends on the festival. So uh, ideally, like the if there's time, you know, like usually the, the last three bands will get some sort of check. If they want to get up early, that third to last band might have to get up at, you know eight o'clock in the morning if they want to sound check but they can commonly it just depends kind of uh, how much time the headliner takes up of that available time and then you know yeah. if you have stages you know some of these festivals have bands that start at like 11 20 in the morning it's like yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it all has to be done before then so then it's usually like a a local brass band or something sweet yeah yeah yeah, exactly no and i i mean i of of course like want those people to be playing too like you know it's usually something cool
2: a male voice choir wheeled yeah, yeah. out. That's a, a lovely thing. A- absolutely. <laughs>
0: Who wouldn't want a bunch of male voices at, at lunchtime? I mean, I do.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We've all said it. You were talking about the Father John Misty tour there, and you also were, uh, did the St. Vincent and David Byrne tour, didn't you? And I know we chatted with Kelly Pratt about this. Yeah. And he was just saying how awesome that was. Did you have an amazing time doing that tour? I, I,
0: I mean, just, it was it was like summer vacation,
2: it was oh. fabulous. I, I
0: did two uh, two legs, and they both happen to be in the summer, but uh, with Kelly, which was wonderful. And it, it, okay. David is one of the most incredible people on earth, and just has this this, I mean, a, a hyper intelligent, obviously, but also this sense of wonder that he has never. I assume he's never lost. Like he just is always. He's like kind of like an eighteen year old at heart. Like always curious, and like we played at Bonnaroo in the states um and kendrick lamar was headlining on yes uh, wow. not the stage we played i don't think but it was over there but you know it, 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 after our set and david came over to like one of the dressing rooms, he was like does anybody want to go see kendrick lamar it's like yeah, that's so <laughs> awesome like i'm so stoked but what i mean like another facet of of that wonder and that tour that i did get to take part in regularly was that david always wanted to have he like had an activity on days off, so we had a number of folding bicycles on that tour. So we had those in the bays of the tour bus, um, and we'd get out the bikes and we'd go bike to a crazy museum. Like he always knew, like ah. there was a museum that the guys went to that had like ventriloquist dummies, like a ventriloquist dummy museum. Wow, <laughs> that's cool. Our day off in Cincinnati, Ohio, far outside of Cincinnati, just over the border in the state of Kentucky, is the Creation Museum. As in the museum for people who believe that the Earth was actually created in seven days by Rise. oh wow the old the God <laughs> and you know like Noah's Ark and all this stuff and David and Annie both were like let's go to that so I like rented a <laughs> minivan and we went to the Creation Museum on our day off where we pulled in and the guy you know, like running the parking lot had not one but two pistols None. two pistols in his belt and you know like i'd rolled down the window I was like hey we're here to park you know where do we go and he's like and i just asked it was like you know what what uh you, you the two pistols i mean in the parking lot he's like well you know you got to be able to get it the other one you had it like he had it like angled like at a quick grab it wasn't like in like side oh holsters it was like in front like on his stomach like I'm, I'm not doing a good job you can't see it but it's like kind of like below his chest just like ready to grab and like it was crazy yeah <laughs> so and the museum was <laughs> totally insane so yeah so what, what
1: was in now. that museum? i imagine stuff probably wasn't i mean wait, when was the creation was that like that how many years ago was that meant to have be? been
0: I, I, I mean they they said zero. I, like like six thousand years ago or something like that I think. okay is that <laughs> their su- supposition is that right or that
1: <laughs> yeah because <laughs> um, i've seen older stuff than that in the british museum <laughs>
0: I mean there's probably like older dust in your yard you know like i, I mean come on yeah. like fascinating, uh, like a lot of like really questionable kind of like uh dioramas and biblical scriptures kind of like played out with like wax figures and stuff and then like a giant arc sure
2: god i bet you had nightmares about that place for weeks afterwards didn't you i mean i found it
0: vastly entertaining I, <laughs> I mean I, you know, for the people watching alone too, it was just like so yes. many families. I mean, that's also horrifying though, thinking, especially now this was also seven years ago. So fast forward to yeah. 2020, 2021, like all of the Trump these these yeah. people all voted for Trump for sure that were at this museum, you know.
2: Yeah. So that's true. Totally. Yeah. Oh yeah. Goldman. Well it's somewhere for him to go
1: now, isn't it? That's good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> send them all there. Oh, the ventriloquist dummy museum.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you if there's countries in particular that you really always think that's going to be a great place to go when you're touring, you look forward to. And conversely, are there ones where you think, Oh God, that's going to be tricky. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yes, totally. Um, and some, some of it is like a level of exoticism. that, like, you know, like, so, okay. So perfect example is like Italy. I always look forward to shows in Italy, not because of the shows because the technical stuff is usually very difficult there but you get to be in Italy after that after you work you get to you know like you can go out to a midnight meal again on the David Byrne tour we played uh an outdoor venue on Lake Garda in the north oh um and right. and that place also had a crazy museum um about the Perfect. guy who used to he had like a castle on Lake Garda I think all this like his like creepy old like Sex outfits from the seventeen hundreds and so It was really wild, really weird. Uh, I can I can find the name of the the guy. Like he was like the count or something of the count of Garuda, I don't know. I'll find the name. But um, but after that show, the promoter took us up the hill, um, kind of to the top of this little mount above the lake, and fed us a dinner for like twenty people at midnight. You know, we had this incredible <sighs> wine. I was like, "Where is this wine from?" He's like, "Oh, it is." it is right over there on the other side of the lake. (laughs) It comes from there, you know, it's like unbelievable. Like never in my life will I have experienced something like that ever again, you know? Um, So Italy is is, is challenging, but uh, really rewarding. I mean, a place like Japan, uh, which I already mentioned, like not only are those shows going to be technically perfect, like nothing ever goes wrong in Japan. (laughs) Famous last words. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's also, it's like an adult, disneyland i mean it's just like a playground you know tokyo is so fun and crazy and also like so safe you know it's super oh, fun right. to be like stumbling around lower manhattan but you can also like get the the hell mugged out of you in manhattan yeah, yeah. You know? that's not gonna happen <laughs> in tokyo you know so japan yeah. Japan's pretty awesome yeah
2: have you been to japan seb
0: yeah I, I did a tour
1: i did i played at summer sonic is that still going oh, yeah oh. yeah sure oh. yeah well let's hope um, right i hope so yeah, <laughs> yeah. um in yeah. 2008 oh cool uh, that's with a band called the hoosiers so it was tokyo and osaka and uh, we and coldplay headlined oh uh, really uh, we all watched coldplay and coldplay are one of those bands that i i never really think i i sort of always say i'm a bit rubbish but then actually you see them and they put on They're such really an amazing good. show yeah that was yeah. a really really great experience and just being out in in tokyo there's a, uh, i remember a bar called rock rock Oh, yeah. That's a classic. Right? <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's where like all the bands go. There's all Polaroids on the wall. Uh-huh. And, and you'd meet all these other bands, because some of Sonics were like, sort of like um, American and British bands and sort of English-speaking bands. So. And the crowds are incredible. They're so polite and lovely and Aww. respectful. It's, it's a really incredible place.
2: Oh, I'd love to go there.
1: Japan. Oh, yeah. That
2: sounds great. I mean,
0: I, it, you know, if we make it out of this and back into some sort of economy where we can play shows again, Japan will be the first place. I think where we can do it because as you mentioned, like people are respectful of each other. In fact, uh, they have, they have baseball is very popular in Japan. uh, All right. But the difference between American baseball and Japanese baseball is that when they finish a, a Japanese baseball game, people are dismissed in sections like imagine that at like a Manchester United game where like section 12 is dismissed and everybody else just sits calmly until they like it's, not it's like school happy.
2: assembly. Exactly. It's amazing. It's I've crazy. never done that since then. Yeah.
0: I bet they all pick yeah. up the litter as well.
1: Bit, oh, exactly. Earlier, yeah, that's you know, like
2: very so good. So incredible, man. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Have you ever been to like done a done some touring somewhere and then sort of stayed on afterwards to kind of go on holiday or maybe you can't do that as a tour manager. Maybe you have to sort of see it through to the end. Or-
0: well, uh, no, no. I, did. I mean, if you, if you get your advance work done and get, get, get all your, get all your stuff done, um, you know, going before or, or staying after I've done both, um, had some really nice days in Spain after tours. And we did, a. um, this was after David Byrne St. Vincent, but just the St. Vincent tour, um, we had two, runs, we did a, a run of Australia, the Laneways Festival circuit, these kind of cool, small festivals. Um, and then we had two weeks between our last show in Perth, Australia, and our our first show in Asia in Taipei. And so the we were trying to decide what to do. Do we fly everybody home and then fly everybody back to Taipei? Or, where, where I came in, <laughs> one, one <laughs> small moment of brilliance in my adult life, I was like, <laughs> or we could all go to Bali and sit there yes. and then fly to Taipei. <laughs> and I, can't, I mean, I, I can't believe it, but management was like, yeah, it seems like a good idea. It's like, what? So the St. Vincent tour went uh, from Perth, Australia to Bali. And we, I rented two four bedroom houses that, sorry, I'm, I'm doing all these like gestures that nobody can see. It's really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. These two four bedroom houses that each had a pool and the pools touched each other. So you could oh, run, wow. you could dive into one pool, get out, jump from that edge of the pool into the next pool and then into the next, like, house compound. It was it was oh, really, really neat. God, yeah.
2: that sounds brilliant.
0: <laughs> and motorcycles. We rented motorcycles too, which was pretty dangerous
1: and fun. But probably it made financial and logistical sense. It was like, it's pretty, literally, the easiest thing we could do is just go on holiday for two weeks.
0: It, it actually, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we do, I had to do a budget for it, but it made... It was cheaper to send everybody to Bali and get paid half the whole time we were there. So we all got paid to be in Bali than it was to fly everybody home. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The smile you must have had on your face when you were writing. That oh, the, I mean the, yeah. When I,
0: when I hit like the sum button in my Excel sheet and that came up, I was like, yes, get in. Oh, so wonderful. Yeah. yeah. It was a really, really great experience. Yeah.
2: So just to be a Debbie Downer, like, what about the other end of the scale?
0: <laughs> like the worst?
2: Where? Yeah. Oh,
0: I don't want to, I don't want
2: to. You're going to say England, I don't want to
0: Glastonbury all over this, you know? Oh, <laughs> no. Know. no. No, no. <laughs> I'm like never going to be allowed into Glastonbury ever again. That's great. <laughs> Which, you know what? That's perfect. Um, I didn't, I mean, no, like, I, I don't ever think like, oh, we have to go to that country again. I, I mean, I really, really love traveling. There's, there's great everywhere. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. another day in Cleveland, Ohio. Like, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a couple of places to eat there. Like, it's cool, but
2: yeah, uh, there's
1: gotta be a museum you haven't looked around yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right
0: there. <laughs> I mean, like a I cereal we can come up some yeah. great
2: ones yeah. for you for, yeah. for next time you're in London. There we go. Now we know this. I'm gonna I'm gonna compile a list which we'll send to you.
0: <laughs> Please. Oh my gosh. There's yeah. some
2: weird, weird <laughs> things. It's fine. <laughs> um, yeah. I do mean, you have um Go ahead. Yeah. I was gonna say, do you have good language skills? Do you have you do you know multi languages? No, I mean,
0: I I, I know, like, a, a few swear words in a lot of languages and, and just, Excellent. like, kind of, like, thank you, sorry, excuse me, and where's the bathroom in a bunch of languages. You Perfect. Know, but I wish, I, you know, our foreign language programs in the States, like, in, in elementary schools are just atrocious. It's terrible that we don't know another language. I mean, it's inexcusable.
1: I was wondering if uh, you could uh, give us your thoughts of what it's going to be like for uh, American artists and bands to go to the uh, UK. If that's going to be different now that we're out of Europe and using your experience to sort of say what it's going to be like for British acts to go to the EU, because it's a really delicate topic to, at the moment. Uh, even today, there were, I think, an eight-hour meeting with MPs. It was more about streaming, really, but talking to the heads of all the, like, Sony and Warner and...
2: Like, Visas and... Yeah, just, but, but,
1: but just, yeah. get, you know, artists not making any money really. Um, yeah. But that all kind of, it's all tied in with, with the touring because now we can't really tour so much. Mm. What your kind of experiences on that and what it might be like for, for the country and for you guys.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, it's funny. I was on a call with, uh, some tour managers last night. Uh, you know, I think for everybody, I think, and let's hope, um, we'll all have to be carrying vaccination cards or, you know, digital versions thereof and, you know, kind of the bent of the conversation last night was like, well, it's amazing. We haven't already been doing that. Like, it's crazy that we've the world as much as we do. And you don't have like any sort of documentation of your health or anything. It's, it's insane now that looking back, you know, so there's that, uh, there's a kind of sect of the music world that, uh, doesn't think vaccines are a thing talking to a guitar player last week, uh, about this <laughs> asking, he's oh, asking God. like, you know, when are we going back to work? I, he, he shall remain nameless. You know, <laughs> uh, it's, it, it turns out he's not, he doesn't really like vaccines, which is funny considering, you know, cause they're, you know, he doesn't know what's in them, you know, like what's, uh, yeah. Well, there could yeah. be like microchips or like,
1: sure.
0: you know, bugs in there, but you, you put like a, uh, some powder in front of him. And he'll put that right (laughs) up his nose without any question whatsoever as to where it came from or whose, you know, bodily cavities that, you know, crossed a border in or whatever. Yeah. It's insane. Um, so, so people that don't want to get vaccinated are going to have a big problem going to work. I think, I think that's going to be really tough. Um, and that could pose a big problem for bands. I think beyond that, there's going to be, uh, this like a, a new budget problem. Uh, you know, the, the, the fees being offered in general, I think are going to be a lot lower and you're also going to have to be operating a tour with like $20,000 and just like, what happens if somebody gets sick? We got to be able to like fly them home, get them tested emergency, get you like test the entire tour on an emergency basis, you know, whatever. I mean, any level of contingencies. Um, so that's going to be crazy and cost prohibitive. It's going to be a lot more difficult to mount these tours. And then for the, the Brexit side of things, um, I've seen a few documents so far, but the even just the, the simple elements of like busing and trucking, you know, like one of the important elements of making a like a European tour effective in the past, which includes the UK or did for an American band was that you could, you know, start in the UK and finish in Europe or vice versa, but that the UK money, because it's such a big market was an important element of that tour budget. Now, um, you know, uh, if you start the tour in the UK, your vehicles that take your gear and your people are going to be able to enter Europe for three days or three performances. And I think they're still working out the details of this, but like a very limited amount of time. And then those vehicles have to return to origin. And that works both ways. So European vehicles are going to have to enter the UK, turn around and go back. So you're going to have to do double rentals of all of that all of that the transit uh elements and then potentially the gear too so which Mm. would be just an absolute nightmare you'd have to like start the tour twice if that's the case
2: so do you think that bands will just bypass the uk or or just have to do two separate think of it like you say two separate tours i
0: think it's going to be whatever the more cost effective thing is you know so it's either going to be like we come in and we hit Glastonbury and a few shows for, the, for June and then we come back and do the smaller festivals in August, which is a common, you know, you kind of bookend in the UK a lot like that. Or yeah, you skip it and just do Europe or vice versa. Yeah, just come in and do like your London, Manchester shows and then get out. Like,
2: Oh, that's so sorry. sad, isn't it? It's so sad. <laughs> yeah. So sad. When you put it as plainly as that. And I
0: hope, I hope that's not the case. Yeah. I mean, but-, but
2: this is what I think nobody quite realized the extent why we all kind of guess, but the, they really, we were sold a lie with this whole thing. And I think that actually, I mean, I've obviously always been a Remainer myself, but, <laughs> but I know that a lot of people, you know, just didn't see these implications in every industry. And when you put it as plainly as that, it's just rubbish.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, and what what is the general consensus there right now? Like, are people feeling like, oh God, it's been, a, it's like a horrible mistake or...
2: Oh, very much. I yeah, mean, right, okay, is, I mean, I, I,
0: it's, it's yeah. what we're kind of reading from over here, but, you know, obviously. I mean, the
2: thing is we are in a bit of a, a bubble anyway because, obviously, in the major cities... It was was always so pro-Remain anyway that we've always... This is the problem for us anyway, that with the whole... Everything that's going on, I just feel like it's opened my eyes and gone, Okay, you can't take any opinions you're hearing close to. You know, I thought I was quite safe in the fact that we were going to stay in Europe. And, uh, yeah, you just... It's so different going on different parts of the country and, you know, different issues... Yeah. I mean, it's,
0: it's, it's, it's so crazy. Like the same here. Like the more you go out into the country to people who are in general, quite less likely to have ever left the country. The more people are likely to say, fuck all those other countries. Sorry if I can use that language or yeah. not, but you know, it's just like, sure. <laughs> put that wall up and like the Mexicans are terrible. And it's just like, you've never even met a Mexican person. How do you know? Like, what are you talking yeah. about? Oh, yeah, so yeah, terrible, yeah. man. Yeah.
2: Of all the tours that you've done, which one would you say is like the being the largest scale, kind of uh, spectacular? I suppose to to travel around with, and uh, and was it extremely hard work?
0: Uh, I've done different jobs. So I used to be a sound guy, a uh, full time before I was a, a tour manager full time. Yeah. So I worked for Van Halen for six or seven months, and that was really horrible.
2: Oh, was it?
0: They were horrible to work for, and just horrible, oh, horrible people. Oh no. <laughs> Ah, uh, I mean, no. It's, I mean, it's kind of like it's fun to talk about now, but it was really hard, and uh, just a ton of people too. You know, it's fifteen buses full of people, and fifteen trucks full of gear, and you know, you're playing to, to twenty thousand people a night, and there's a hundred people on the road, stuff like that. What were you doing
1: specifically for them? Were you sort of front of house or, or monitors, or
0: no? I, I did um, monitors and in ear monitors, these little guys uh were invented for van halen no way oh yeah for they were invented for the drummer alex by this uh this guy jerry harvey who started ultimate ears right that was the company he made and he he invented them for van halen he was their monitor guy (laughs) oh uh and he quit finally he uh, quit a number of times over the years he worked for him for like 30 years quit and then so they hired two monitor guys one guy for the left ear. david lee roth and eddie van halen yeah right yeah one guy for the left ear, one guy for the right ear. <laughs> um so kind of one guy for the front guys and then one guy for alex van halen and that was me which in in no way take that as me saying I am on any par with the guy who invented in-ears. Half as good. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) 150th or something. I I was also 150th the price, probably, you know, at at age 30. They were just really difficult, old, grumpy guys. So, I mean, that's an example of, like, just, like, a big, like, not very functional or fun tour. It was like a roving accounting office with, you know, David Lee Roth screaming at you every night as the boss or something. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah what's that like to be on something like do you kind of find your friends within the crew or do, is it quite an isolating thing
0: uh I think it, it can be I that I found I, I had a couple of friends you know like departments kind of get together so like you hang out with the sound guys or like you know the, <laughs> yeah like you like Verity you'd hang out with the string players and you'd be with the horns um, you know like yeah. that kind of thing like, <laughs> I wouldn't talk to Verity on <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no no way but, man you guys would like you no, you'd, no. you'd fight on days off probably yeah. you know it'd be like a West Side story, kind of thing, but (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's right. A lot of snapping for sure. Me and
2: my team wouldn't be winning. (laughs) (laughs) Wow.
0: Um. But I, you know, like on the good end of those things, I, I worked for this thing called the Trans-Siberian Orchestra for a few years too. Oh, cool. These were both a long time ago, yeah. but that, that's like this crazy touring Christmas spectacular in the States. I don't know if this, right. this strikes a chord with you guys. I've, I've heard of them. I, I, don't, I don't think I've Yeah, of me too. them anyway. I think, I'm oh. nice for you when,
2: see, you know, it, oh, wow, that's cool. It's
0: one of like the highest grossing tours in the world every year, or was for a long time. I don't know how they're doing now, but again, like 15 trucks, 15 buses, 100 people, and then like 20 people on stage every night. But that tour we all kind of hung out and like we threw parties all the time. We had like, we had a night in new Orleans where we like threw a party on our sound guys bus. And we charged a covered again. We had a door guy. We had, <laughs> sorry, it's a little blue, but this was also 10 years ago. And it was in new Orleans. We had strippers on our bus that came, you Whoa. know, like, oh. and we had like a, we had like an ice, uh, an ice luge to do shots on in the front oh lounge. God. Like people are taking tequila shots. <laughs> So, That's I mean, great. and now it's just like the vibe was really great for such a large kind of many armed beast, but it was, it was really fun, you know, shame yeah, it was, yeah, it's yeah. terrible, horrible music, but, uh, <laughs> at least everybody was really cool, you know?
2: Yeah, quite. <laughs> We've all done one of those. definitely. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: so I guess then to, to eventually becoming a tour manager to try and take some of those aspects of what makes a good tour, making sure everyone's happy, yeah, creating a nice atmosphere, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, I think one of the things I excel at is is that this should be fun, right? Because yeah. it's such hard work for yeah. all of us. The days are long for everybody, and if we're not having fun, then then it's like that Van Halen tour. It's just it's hell. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. um, I, I mean, I do. I, I mean, I really try to keep that in mind, and like you know, we try to like celebrate birthdays and like get crazy birthday cakes for people and. Go out to fun dinners. Yeah, I dinners, read that and...
2: on your CV actually, and I, I read it twice because I was like, I, I was under the section with FKA Twigs, I think, where it said, and I'd read through and it had been saying that you'd organize like production, you know, all the various things you did, and then hers at the end of the line it said birthday party so i was like oh my god is it birthday?
0: in my cv really
2: i'm sure it <laughs> is i'm sure it I'm so I
0: was like, it, I that is it.
2: excellent oh wow and that is the tour that i want to be <laughs> that's on. super god. funny
1: I, I don't even <laughs> remember putting that in there but it says here um oversee all aspects of global touring from hotels to hospitality town cars to tour birthdays
2: that's oh
0: wow <laughs> Ooh, good job tom nice alliteration there too yeah i love it so
2: nice so nice and did you have some good birthday parties on that tour
0: on the fk twigs tour i don't know i know no we did we had some nice birthdays yeah
1: i mean so if you're ordering like a special cake for someone's birthday what's the process there you sort of hunt around for the best kind of uh, bakeries
0: uh um, totally i mean i uh If it's either me doing it, or if I have like a a assistant tour manager, we, uh, who's like into like into having fun with that, so you know we've we've done a ton of like novelty cakes. Like, we had a one tour guy who had was having a baby, so he had to leave the tour. So we we created like a like a graveyard landscape. You know, it was like this was his tour death. (laughs) (laughs) That was actually a goodbye cake, not a birthday cake, but still it was just kind of like pretty funny cake. Lots of like you know unicorns and. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Rainbow sparkle, ridiculous. I don't know. Just it's kind yeah. of as silly as we can make it, you know.
2: I saw the best birthday cake in this really dodgy cake shop in the middle of um, the Surrey countryside. I was in this town. I walked past it. It was completely grey. It was massive, like oh, about a metre tall. It was huge, and it had all these shards coming out of the side of it. It was really dark, really badly painted icing, grey, and it said, "Happy birthday, James." Winter is coming. What? So, oh my oh. god, that is dark. They, those people—they really must hate James.
0: Oh, and that's really, amazing.
2: Yeah. Oh, really stuck with me that.
0: Oh man, that's that's incredible. <laughs> that's maybe that's the bent yeah you should go like super dark for birthdays yeah i think so I, I, a favorite cake I, I wish i had thought of this one but uh there's, there's a phil collins album but seriously if you guys remember this record oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, dot dot yeah. dot yeah. but dot, seriously dot, yeah. with like his forlorn face looking off to the side massive face yes, yeah he has an enormous <laughs> for his six head whatever he's going but uh the, the cake was that album cover and it just said but seriously dot 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 you're 30 <laughs> that's nice
2: that is nice <laughs>
0: wish I had thought of it
2: but you've actually done something excellent during this time haven't you I'm talking about music cool. runs <laughs> 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 the other big thing we wanted to talk to you about, sure um yeah. because Seb and I are both keen runners, it's really difficult to tell now from my <laughs> physical appearance I oh am come on,
0: runner. you look but like I you just something yeah.
2: <laughs> about <laughs> ten chins but you know. <laughs> yeah. but it's a brilliant brilliant idea. we just both said I wish that we thought of something like that for over here because it's excellent can you explain exactly what it is
0: totally yes um. <laughs> I, I'm an avid runner. And uh, one of my favorite things to do on tour, uh, such a wonderful way to see other places from a perspective that I don't usually get to see it from. Uh, so running through all of this crazy COVID stuff, like in Chicago, I've been running one path because that we have like a beautiful lakefront path here in Chicago that was shut down at the end of March. So I've just been running the set of one-way streets the wrong way, so I can run in the street and see cars that are coming. Kind of quiet streets, uh, which takes me past this little club called the Hideout, which is like a 150 capacity bar here in Chicago. This like classic music venue. It's awesome, Uh, and just kind of running by it over and over. I was thinking like, oh man, I mean, really sucks that you can't go to the Hideout, and maybe I could like, maybe I could like put together a half marathon with some friends, and we could like raise some money or something uh so that kind of morphed into just like a a fun run because who wants to run a half marathon like only <laughs> only me apparently yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> only like super addictive personalities that i don't know yeah, I mean, totally. um, so uh, yeah it just seemed to kind of like let let people run or walk or bike whatever they like and we we designated a day, which was the twenty second of November, and we asked a bunch of artists and musicians we know to put together playlists to kind of tout the activity and and, and raise some yeah. money. Yeah, um, That's so brilliant. yeah, we had like ninety bands and artists and a couple painters and some studio owners contribute, um, and there's just like this trove of amazing.
2: It's so cool. Yeah. 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 So the date you, so you, it was all aimed at this specific date, wasn't it first? Was it November 22nd? So, yeah. And, and was that a day basically where just everyone, wherever they were, were running, was it a certain distance or?
0: No, no distance at all. Yeah. Just kind of just join in everybody just kind of, since we're all stuck where, you know, like in stay at home or, you know, shelter in place. Um, Yeah everybody just kind of did what they could you know and like uh yeah, yeah, uh yeah. posted on socials of their walk or their jog or their bike ride or drinking a beer instead of yeah. exercising <laughs>
2: Well, I love it that you wrote on there is like your favorite running or anti-running music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Because you can clearly tell some of these guys who've done the playlist, like there's some really brilliant running ones. I ran to the one that Kelly's done. Yeah, um, yeah. The Bright Moments was excellent. And the Lucius one, brilliant. Um, but you can really tell there's a great playlist, but some of them not necessarily runners.
0: <laughs> oh, crazy. I mean, and even the like uh, Sandre Lerke, you, you, uh, he's one of the guys who contributed uh, Norwegian singer um he just ran a marathon right at the beginning of november and sent us his running playlist for his marathon which was all like crazy beautiful ambient music like william basinski and like there wasn't a yeah. beat in the three-hour thing at all you know it was, it was <laughs> awesome
2: Amazing. And i find it kind of quite
0: calming to run to that although i never would have thought to put that on myself so no. fascinating bit nice. of perspective you know that's
1: interesting because like, when I run, I, I've over the years I sort of tend to run with to podcasts or sort of spoken word things. I think maybe it just keeps my interest because I've just always got something new, new information all the time, just to so I don't get bored. And you can hear traffic a bit better, I suppose. But when you when well, I do occasionally run with music on, it's like a totally different experience. It's like uh, like I, I listened to Kelly's one the other day. I'd listen to that while I went for a run, and time feels different, doesn't it? like that's your sense of time and yeah yeah you can get a new a bit of pace or or just a bit more distance or something and it's so it's a really way good way of just mixing things up i'm really interested actually in trying some of the more ambient music to see yeah what kind of headspace you get into
0: yeah totally yeah. one of the contributors said all she runs to is boards of canada oh, you know really? they have right. they have like three records It's like oh wow that's amazing like yeah huh does that get boring i I mean but i I totally agree i mean i run to um audiobooks quite a bit actually oh dear yeah for longer runs and that i find that really calming i and i mean i love running to music but if you if i kind of pick the wrong thing then it can also like pull you out of the run too you know and like then i'm like fooling around trying to like find an album i want to hear oh yeah instead of like focusing on running
1: yeah yeah, totally yeah Yeah. i can't run to the beat i can't be like exactly bpm same as with (laughs) I can't do that. It has to be different.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's that's interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: I don't know if some people try and do that. I don't know. Because you do see like running playlists that are a certain BPM.
0: Yeah. I don't ever go for that. I find myself, I will like hook into it sometimes if it's yeah. the right speed, yeah. but I... I don't think I maintain it for that long, though. I don't think I can stay in step with it.
2: Of the lists that you've got um, that people have sent in, have you got a favorite one to run to? Have you been running to them all, testing them out?
0: <laughs> I, I've run I, I've run and listened to all of them.
2: Oh, well done. Officially.
0: Oh, well done. I mean, I, maybe not run to all of them, but I've definitely listened to all of them, like in yeah. the kitchen or running. And I've run yeah. to many of them. My favorite one, not specifically for running, but I think is the fruit bats one.
2: Oh, it's so good! Such
0: a jam. I mean, the whole yes. thing is just
2: so lovely. It.
1: Yeah, I listened to some of that today. The opening track with those like two trumpets.
0: Yes,
1: brilliant! Oh, I it's love just that. just amazing. So yeah,
0: and it, that's uh, his. The playlist is bookended by two song, like a song from uh, two songs from that album. I think. Oh right. the I haven't made it to the end yeah, yet. Yeah, it starts. Yeah, uh, just lovely, yeah. lovely music, and and so some yeah. stuff I knew, yeah, yeah. and then a lot of stuff I I didn't know, but is like so adjacent to the stuff that I loved perfect yeah fit. but the one the uh, thing that i just thought of daniel Manceris's playlist is this band dawn of midi do you know this band no, no i don't it's a very specific aesthetic it's a, i think they're a trio uh totally instrumental and his playlist was just one of their albums front to back and there's a very right. strong reason why the whole album is strung together not one tempo necessarily but it it, it just is a it's a piece and it and it moves it's very linear right uh so i it's perfect for exercising i actually have listened to it a lot in airports as just kind of like it's like a thing to like take you places you know i don't know oh, how brilliant. Describe, yes. yeah brilliant yes really really okay. fascinating music kind of I, I guess it's like jazz technically but it's yeah. fascinating stuff anyway i think you'd really like it
1: yeah so oh, dawn cool. of midi is that the dawn of midi the, that, is the name the of
0: the band yeah uh the record is maybe called dystopia I think that's right. I'll check when we get off.
1: Hey, just uh, butting in here for a quick fact check. The name of the album is Dysnomia by Dawn of Midi from 2015. There is a link to it in the description below. Check it out.
2: And uh, aside from audiobooks, what else were you listening to to run to when you were out on tour?
0: Oh, man. Uh, I mean, at one... Uh, of the, a few bright sides of this whole time at home has been music because like, I've been listening to so much music I mean one nice thing of not tour managing is that I have a little more free time like a little more yeah space in my head that isn't filled with like flight reservations and hotel bookings and kind of like superfluous material that I have to like keep track of you know <laughs> yeah. uh I mean all in a day's work but just nice to not have that stuff taking up space um so, I, I just tons and tons of music. Uh, a, a recent thing that came to mind, uh, maybe this is out in the UK, but there's a, a compilation called Halcyon Days. Oh, that just
2: mm. sounds familiar. It's, it's about. Yeah. I
0: think it's on Cherry Red. It's a compilation of uh, mod music from the mid-60s. A lot of it British bands, but not all. And there's three discs, and the middle disc is just, it's like perfect. The first disc is more kind of like blues-oriented, like mid-60s, like the Yardbirds style yeah. stuff. Yeah. The more mod end of that, and then the second disc is more like pop stuff, and it's just brilliant, uh, absolutely brilliant. The compilation is named after this uh, song by Tages. Is uh, Tages was like the Swedish Beatles. I
2: don't know if you've heard of oh. this band,
0: the Tages. Oh, nice. Yep.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: They have a few remarkable records of their own, and the the song Halcyon Days," I think, was just a single, maybe, but it's you know the namesake of the compilation, and it, it's an unbelievable song. So
2: that's oh, been on right. heavy
0: rotation. I mean, yeah. so much stuff. A lot of Leon Russell. Don't know why. Yeah. Kind of like missed it many years ago and have been like kind of going back and listening to his early records.
2: When I said to Rob that I was talking to you and we were going to talk about music runs, one of the things he said to me was, oh yeah, because Tom runs in his Father John Misty leggings as well. <laughs> do <laughs> you? Do, right. <laughs> I do too. And I was absolutely ridiculed for it. And I love those leggings. There's nothing wrong with them.
0: No, they're, I mean, well, <laughs> and there's two different kinds. Do you have the... I love you, honey bear leggings. Okay, the the honey bear leggings. Yeah, yeah, Which, uh, there's also pure comedy ones with all the little, like, black and white cartoon characters. Uh, I I run in both. Uh, The the honey bear ones, though, uh, (laughs) fascinatingly, people often think those are tattoos because the pink in the Uh, the tights is just skin-like enough. (laughs) And actually, the first time (laughs) I ran in them on tour i was running back to the hotel and the band was outside smoking and kind of like kind of not sober maybe let's put it that way on the father john misty tour and josh who is father john misty so if you know yeah josh Tillman, yeah, yeah. josh was like yeah. are those tattoos and was like no it's they're it's your album cover like no, it's your i don't album. have a, a full sleeve of your album cover tattoos like no what like <laughs> too funny um, uh, but people look at me all the time. I don't know if you get the same thing, but people like kind of stare sometimes when you're running. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: I think some people are admiring them, but quite often I think they're ridiculing me. Yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe. Yeah. That's just
0: your perspective on it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. They're
2: great. No, I think they're I just like checking them.
0: you out. I think that's what it's like.
2: Oh, for Ooh, sure. Who is that cool lady it's,
0: running in those yeah. amazing tights? Yeah.
2: It's gotta be that. Let's go with that. Yeah. It's funny you say about, um, about the band outside. I want another, Memory of mine. I was like, I don't know if I should remind you of this, but when I, I told my friends we were chatting to you as well, and I remember we came to watch uh on Misty in Amsterdam. I oh, no, no, it wasn't. It was in Brussels, and um and we'd had a really big day, and I'd just come to watch it. And, uh, and Rob and I, we spotted you at the yeah. front, having seen, having played End of the Road, I think, earlier that year. Yes. Oh my God. We were a bit exuberant, is what I'd like to say. No and, wait, uh, You guys went, were fine. Oh, my God, it's, And we sort of (laughs) shouted in your face... Really, and I, I, my friends reminded me this the other day. She was like, "Do you remember? Do you remember?" Like, "Yes!" We shouted at him. It was too much. Oh no! Was I not. Oh, you're re- totally fine. Yeah. Oh no! I just remember <laughs> the look on your face, like, "Oh my god, was I supposed to give them tickets or something, or was there something I should have done?" Because we were sort of aggressively shouting at you because we were so excited to see you. <laughs> so oh, that's funny.
0: That's certainly what my sorry. mind, where my mind was, like, "Oh wait, are they supposed to be backstage? Wait, did I? What did I forget?" <laughs> It's like that was a great me gig, though.
2: We loved oh. it. Was so brilliant. That was really awesome. It's a great venue. That
0: gig was right after they had had big protests or something. We pulled up the day before, oh, yeah. and there was like glass along the streets and a bunch of blown out windows. Because you know, like people like to fight in Belgium. Like people, <laughs> people like knives and stuff. Like.
2: Belgium's oh. kind of rough. We missed the fighting. Like we, no, we were just uh, we were just full of the joys. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's the way to be for sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So uh, just to ask as well. So these to get these playlists. Now we can still can we still donate? Is this still a thing? Oh, yeah, can yeah, still yeah, donate sorry. To uh, the cause? and yeah,
0: donate uh, if if people feel it, by all means, please. The money will yeah. continue to go. Uh, oh, and at the moment, uh, you know, we there was only five of us kind of working on this uh, yeah. total. So it was all we could do to kind of get like, uh, the funding to the national independent venue association, uh, which is a, a association in the United States for independent venues in the U S we're going to yeah. do this again, uh, in 2021 in the fall. Uh, and hopefully we can kind of extend it beyond and, and hopefully, you know, ideally we're going to try to do this going forward and pick like a different charity recipient in hopes that venues will be back in operating and, yeah, you know, they will yeah. be another cause to kind of take up but uh we will happily benefit venues again if that needs to be the case um so people can uh donate on our website musicruns.org and the there's links uh on the website to all of the playlists in both apple music and spotify um or you can just look up music runs on spotify and find our cache of playlists i
2: found this thing called earbuds is that uh that's an app as well is that right is that yeah
0: we we yeah. and we used it uh because we didn't want to be kind of beholden to either Spotify or Apple Music because oh, I see they're both kind of twin devils. I mean, honestly, <laughs> right? You know, like yeah. I, I didn't want to like yeah. owe either one of them anything. And by by picking one, we would have had to isolate a bunch of people who had Apple if we went with Spotify or vice versa. And then some people don't have either one, which is even more complicated. They're on Amazon mm-hmm. or something. So we, we were just trying to keep it kind of democratic. Uh, so we use that for the uh, event day and you can, the playlists are still in earbuds too, if you want. So you can, you can download the really earbuds yeah. app and go in there. Yes, totally.
1: Well, hey.
2: <laughs> that was so great.
1: Yeah. He's, I really, really enjoyed that conversation. Yeah, lovely guy.
2: Me too. I mean, honestly, it's such a joy from start to finish with this whole process. He's just like, he's the most enthusiastic person and he's yeah. got amazing stories. I loved hearing about David Byrne and St Vincent. I just wanted to ask him more and more and more oh, about yeah.
1: it. yeah. <laughs> oh, I, it sounds like being on tour with David Byrne is just the best thing ever. Oh, doesn't it? Having That's a travel great. day with David Byrne. Oh, what should we do, guys? We've got a day off in, um, blooming, um, uh... <laughs> spain
2: <laughs> I was wondering oh you were my gonna god pick. i could have thought of
1: any town or city in the world i came up with a country i mean <laughs>
2: yeah
1: day off in spain i think that is is that even what they talked about oh they went to italy talk about italy yeah Lake i think Garda. he did
2: mention spain as well actually
1: should we, yeah. we tell that we looked up um oh actually what happened as soon as we finished the uh episode tom sent over an email just yeah. uh fact checking all the things he wasn't sure we weren't sure about in the actual show so um here is that bizarre museum on the west shore of Lake Garda. It is the Vittoriale, which oh. is the former residence of the poet Gabriele D'Annunzio. Now, apparently, nice. he was a sex obsessed poet who invented fascism. <laughs> What a guy. <laughs> yeah, what a guy.
2: I mean, um, that'll be for some people, maybe not for others, but then, that's okay. There's lots to see in Italy, isn't there?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And also he sent us links of stuff we talked about, yeah. music.
2: And the most amazing picture, that one where from, I think it was from the, the tour that he was talking about, the David St. Vincent tour, when there was like a day off. That's right, isn't it? The yeah, brass yeah, section yeah. one. It's amazing with like a flying tuba player. It's awesome
1: a great photo. We'll we'll stick that out on the social. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Media. It's so good. Um yeah, well, thanks Tom. That was that was great. What I found really fun about that conversation was that kind of nostalgia to our former lives oh, as so touring much. musicians. Not that I've ever toured with with Tom, but uh, um I've been in very similar situations and yeah. it just, you know, as he says, you know, sitting outside a a uh, brasserie in Paris oh. uh, I, I've been thinking in the last few weeks of just just sort of like you know arriving in Berlin or something oh, and then yeah. hunting out a nice coffee shop going for a walk a few of you along along the river yeah and that kind of thing which you would do wouldn't you mm. uh, you know from from time to time throughout the year
2: absolutely and all
1: that's gone and just just the all that stuff of meeting at an airport and
2: yeah we were talking uh, about this this morning, that thing of where you get off the plane and you're suddenly hit by heat. You know that oh, feeling yeah. when you get on the plane yeah, in yeah. England and it's been really cold and then you get off and it's just like this different feel. Oh, <laughs> what I'd give for that now, really. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it'll be back, it'll be back. And when it of is back, it be back, it'll be back yeah. even better because we'll value it so much. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, yes. It's going to be brilliant.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, and on that note... What have you been doing?
1: I am. I've just taking a break now. I'm sat in the car again in my driveway. Yeah. I'm that guy. Every road's got one, haven't they? It's someone in the car <laughs> doing a podcast.
2: I feel like it looks like I'm chatting to you as if I'm a taxi driver, and I'm turning round over my shoulder and chatting to you because you're sort of leaning nonchalantly on your seat, like yeah. yeah. What you've been up Can to, to these route, Please. Yeah.
1: <laughs> So I'm basically uh, finishing off smashing up my kitchen, taking off all the tiles with a jackhammer, which I bought from Tool Station. (laughs) And uh, I've never been to Tool Station before this week. And uh, I thought it was one of those places you've got to be in the trade, but you don't. But it makes you feel like you're in the trade.
2: Oh, I bet. Have you got some choice phrases you use in there? Do you try and sound like you're in the trade?
1: I say, all right, mate.
2: All
1: right, mate. Can I get a 64092, please?
2: Oh. And he goes,
1: Do you you want two of those? Because that's a pair of gloves. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, two. Yeah, go on. Get two. Uh, (laughs) And then I bought, yeah, I bought this blooming big old um, thingy.
2: Did you? Uh, You own it. It's yours. I own it. Yeah. Oh, my God.
1: It's about 100 quid. Yeah. And it's it's actually quite a lot cheaper than you'd think for something with so much uh, power to to kill
2: that's some serious uh, tiles yeah. yeah yeah it really is yeah uh, i
1: just need to find more things to to smash up after this <laughs>
2: Brilliant. you could definitely hire worth. yourself out as a yeah. jackhammerer yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. well i did start off t- trying to do it by hand yeah um but i kept um kept smashing my hand with a hammer
2: oh, so uh,
1: i stopped doing that
2: uh, are you doing it to a soundtrack by the way do you have something you like some serious music.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I run on the spot and I listen to Tom Carson's um, playlists. Of course you do. I just do. Yeah. <laughs> but I've really got great admiration for the uh, those sculptors from, uh, from the old days. Yes. Michelangelo. Yeah. Did, did he do David with one of those? With a jackhammer. Yeah.
2: I think that's the story. I think the word on the street is he did do that, yeah. It's
1: really incredible if he did. <laughs> just to get that detail. I don't know. It's incredible. But um, so I'm doing that and uh, we're getting a new kitchen next week. It oui. is blooming really exciting, honestly. And then then we can finally move into this house. And, oh, wow. Uh, start our new life in, in South Catford.
2: Oh, that is magnificent. Yeah. And, isn't it? And
1: tell me, how has your week been? Have you been doing lots of homeschooling?
2: Yep. I mean, that is basically the the basis of my life is, is that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Moment, but we also, for inauguration night, we had Mexican and yeah. we had um some delicious wine that I'd saved from Christmas, and we've thoroughly celebrated it. Listen to I listened to a Biden Harris playlist, which was awesome. And uh yeah, great. that was great. And tonight we've got a Burns night kit from our local Scottish calf. Um, it's amazing. It's turned up its box yeah. full of stuff. We've got like We've got the haggis, the neeps, and the tatties. We've got some whiskey in there. I'm really excited.
1: Oh, that's nice. Yeah. What do you have to do with the kit? Is it well, all there? Like, it's
2: all there, but it all has to be made up. Like you have to warm it up and things. I
1: love, I love haggis.
2: <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. It's great. And I've actually, not had it in ages. The, well, you know, this is the week for it. Actually, it's not Monday, tonight. isn't it? Yeah.
1: The day this podcast comes out.
2: In fact, yes. Let's imagine. It's
1: today. It's today. It's now, if you're listening on it Monday. Is. It's today. Isn't it? Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, it's great. So, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go online at half past seven, and they're addressing the haggis, and then they're gonna pipe it in. I gather there's all kinds going on. Yeah, it's exciting.
1: Tell me, tell me, addressing the haggis. What is that?
2: Right. Well, this is where somebody reads the Burns poem that goes with it I, I can be so i can't oh. be specific this is really non-specific because i can't remember exactly what it is but i have got a copy of it downstairs in my um burns Night kit so we're going to log on and hear somebody address the haggis with this burns poem it's very well, cool
1: you know how we need to end this podcast don't you
2: how with the with the poem you're gonna
1: have to read out the poem
2: oh my god okay okay it's quite long so should i do an edited down version of this
1: yeah, and okay. I'll put some Scottish music underneath it.
2: Do you want me to try and do a Scottish accent or is that terrible Please do not
1: mo- do that. No, please don't do that again. Please don't.
2: No more cultural appropriation. <laughs> please stop. Okay, I'm going to get that poem. Give me a okay, second. Okay. Rob's running to get it for me. He was just outside the door and he's wow. now going to get it. This is great. How don't he even have that? to move. I know. Do if you yeah. do the he said that I'm not allowed to do the accent.
1: Oh, come on.
2: Rob wants me to do the accent. It's very good. I'm not going <laughs> to do the accent because I don't want to alienate a whole branch of our listeners. You know, we might have a whole clan, actual. Right. I think so. Okay. It's quite long. So just tell me to stop. Just do a cutting action if you've had enough. Here we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Here we go.
1: Okay. All right. I'm oh, listening.
2: It's complicated. Far your honest, sansy face, great chieftain of the puddin race, Abunem, a boonam a yek tak place, pink, tripe, or therm, weel as ye wordy o'er grace, as lang's me arm. The groaning trencher there ye fill, your hurdies like a distant hill, your pin wad help to mend a mill in time a need, while through your paws the dews distil like amber bead. His knifesy rustic labour dight And cut you up we're ready slight Trenching your gushing entrails bright Like ony ditch And then, oh what a glorious sight Warm reeking rich Then horn for horn they stretch and strive Dale tack the hindmost on they drive Till our ah, their wheel-swelled kites believe Are bent like drums The old guideman mice like to rive Bethank it hums. I'm really worried people are going to be very angry about this. Is there that o'er his French ragout, or olio that wad stoa sow, or fricassee what mac a spew, where perfect scunner looks down with sneering scornful view, on a sicker dinner? Poor devil, see him hour his trash, as feckless as a withered rash, his spindle shanking guide whiplash his neva knit through bloody flood or field to dash oh how unfit but mark the rustic haggis fed the trembling earth resounds his tread clap in his wally neva blade he'll make it whistle and legs and arms and heads will sned like taps a thristle ye powers who make mankind your care and dish them out their bill of fare old scotland wants nay skinking ware that jumps in luggies but if you wish her grateful prayer gear her a haggis there it hey.
1: is <laughs> well wow, that's while, gruesome
2: i feel like i went a little bit um jamaican possibly at times i wasn't even trying yeah, to do an accent it's just the words were like they sent me down a, a strange path
1: that uh was <laughs> very visceral visceral language i i sort of really put me off my uh, my lunch <laughs> actually lost my appetite
2: <laughs> oh well there we go i mean i thought the words spindle shank and you know whatever they came up with skanking or whatever it is i thought you know that's great it's great
1: well thank you listener for tuning in to three in a bar and if you've enjoyed it then please uh, share like subscribe and rate and review and tell everyone you know
2: yes please all that,
1: and uh, yeah, have a lovely week, and yeah. we'll see you next time. Hooray! On three in a bar. Bye-bye. Bye bye. <laughs>